With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Go Raider Nation, and welcome to Just Pod Baby with your host, Evan Grote. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at egrote5, and you can check out my work over at silverandblackpride.com. Later in tonight's episode, I will be joined by Eastern Michigan's defensive line and assistant coach, Ben Needham. We start the show off this week with some exciting news that I'd like to share with all of you. Uh, it's been about 11 weeks now since the debut of Just Pod Baby, and you know, I've really enjoyed putting out, um, you know, the show for you guys and, you know, and preparing for the show each week. Um, I've had the opportunity to interview some really great guests, including several of the Raiders beat writers, Wayne Mabry, the Violator. And and like I said, I've got a really uh, another super interview coming your way tonight. Uh, steadily, you know, I've really I've watched the number of downloads. Uh, you know, it's been growing each week, which is really exciting for me. And, and the feedback from you, the listeners, has been really positive too. So, you know, I, I think that, I, that we're headed in the right direction. Uh, with that being said, though, I, I think it's about time that um, you know, just Pod Baby, you know, take some of the next steps as as I try to grow the listenership and and the popularity of the show. So, uh, what happened was a couple weeks ago, I was approached by the people who run the Silver and Black. Uh, Pride Podcast Network, and they were, you know, curious if I would be interested in, in adding my show to their network. And of course, because I am a staff writer for the site, you know, obviously I was very interested. Um, so without further ado, I would like to say that I am now taking my talents to the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. And and I think this is going to be a great opportunity to expand on the following that that we've already established here, and you know hopefully bring over some new listeners. And I really hope that all of my old subscribers will will stay with me as we transition into this into this new format here. So that's that's really exciting news. <clears throat> um, there's already some really good content that's available uh, on the network if you've um, if you've been able to check it out you know you've got Levi Damien and, and Tyler Smith on the Pridecast and uh, Q&A with, with Joe Arrigo and your boy Q uh, you know just to name a few of the shows over there so so definitely check it out um, if you don't already subscribe you know let, let's make sure we do that let's make sure we do that soon okay and 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 the final thing um, is about is about the new format um, 
you know, you can now find Just Pod Baby uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, which is a new one for me, and, and of course, Stitcher. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be on a couple new formats now, and, and um, you know, some of, the, some, some of those formats I was not on uh, previously in, in the past couple of months. Um, so again, I'm excited about this news. I hope you guys are going to, uh, join me on this journey and we just continue to build this thing and, and, you know, um, put out some great content for you. So that's enough about me. Uh, I know you guys are here to, to listen to, to some, uh, talk about Raider football. So let, let's get into that now. Let's dive into that. Uh, this past week, I, I want to share with you guys, you know, I spent a lot of time watching, uh, Josh Jacobs film, uh, as I was preparing, I was doing some homework, for a piece that I was doing for the site, which was titled uh, "Breaking Down Josh Jacobs' Top Ten Plays from Alabama," so if I'm I'm not sure if you've had an opportunity to to check it out, but um, you know, do yourself a favor if you haven't, especially if you're uh, not real familiar with with Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, if you haven't really um, dug into some of his his uh, plays from college, I, I definitely recommend checking out that article. Um, and let me tell you. I'm super excited about this guy because I was one of those guys. I really didn't spend a whole lot of time um, leading up to the draft studying his tape, honestly. I mean, he was a guy that was the, the top running back in the draft. I just didn't feel it was necessary. I you know I, I honestly I spent a lot of time focusing on the defensive side of the ball. So I I, I, watched, I was watching a lot of the DNs and, and linebackers. So, um, you know, I didn't really watch a lot of Josh Jacobs' tape, and I and I didn't really see many of his games at, during his time at Alabama, with the exception of the national title game this year. I did see I did see that, um, but I think the Raiders got a great one in Josh Jacobs. Some of the things that I that I took away from the film is that he is extremely elusive in the open field. That that was something that really stood out to me right away. You know, I had I had kind of heard all about his power. Um, how, you know how he likes to give out punishment, you know, um, to the defenders, but I was really impressed, um, more than anything, with his ability to make defenders miss. Uh, whether he was uh, being met by a linebacker in the hole, um, or or if it was a safety um, at the second level, you know, he would just give them a little juke move and and you know bye bye. He he was he was he was by them so. Um, that was something that I, I really didn't know about that aspect of his game, so I was really, really impressed by that. And I think that's a part of his game that is that's really underrated. Um, the, the second thing that I that I took away is that I really love his ability um, as a as a one cut runner, where he would just see it, put his foot in the ground, and and go. And you know, very, very decisive as a runner. And, you know, he's got great vision, so. Um, again, some, some, some aspects that, that I was really not aware of, um, you know, until I really broke into some of this film. And, and I think, you know, looking, looking at, after looking at some of his film and, you know, based on what he did at his pro day, you know, he only ran the four six. So that was a knock on him is that he didn't have that breakaway speed that you look for in, in your, your, you know, elite backs. But I, I think if, if Jacobs had not split time in in that Alabama backfield, you know he he obviously would have gotten more more carries and more work, and you know what he would have he would have gone top ten. I I really believe that. You can call me crazy, if you want, but I, I think the Raiders got an absolute steal at the end of round one because this this guy, 
Um, like I said, could have could have gone top ten had he been more. Um, you know, if he was if he wasn't sharing carries at Alabama. So, so I'm excited about this guy big time. He is the most. Um, he immediately becomes the most talented back that the Raiders have had in a long, long time. I, you know, I I was sat here. And I was thinking back, uh, you know, and the Raiders really haven't had a a bell cow three down back in a long time. And yes, that does include, you know, Marshawn Lynch. Um, so let me just explain myself a little bit because I'm, I'm sure some of you are out there, uh, you know, calling me crazy. But, you know, the Raiders never really got the real Marshawn. You know, we, we got him after he you know retired for a, for a season. And, um, you know, he had some moments, but... He, he was really a shell of himself, you know, during his time with the Raiders. And, you know, of all the additions that were made to the offense, you know, it's been well documented. We, we brought in um, Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, um, Ryan Grant in the slot, Trent, Trent Brown, you know, as a new tackle. Here's a hot take. I, I think Josh Jacobs has the biggest impact on that offense this year. He's going to take so much pressure off Derek Carr. You know, Carr, he's never really had a a stud running back with him. And so, you know, he, he isn't going to have to worry about trying to carry the offense each week because he's going to be able to hand it off to 28 now. And I just think it's a, it's an element that, you know, Derek Carr just hasn't had really. Um, and I think the O-line is going to be much improved this year. I think Trent Brown's going to have a, a, a major effect on that a positive effect on the offensive line and I think Colton Miller you know hopefully he'll stay healthy um, I, I think another you know having a year under his under his belt is going to help him out a lot so you know I, I expect a, a really big year um, you know uh, big rookie year from uh, from Josh Jacobs up next is headlines blue 42 set hot 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 Headline number one, those of you hoping to see the Raiders on HBO's Hard Knocks this summer might not see that happen. Las Vegas uh, actually has odds on who is the favorite to be the team that's featured on the show. And when those odds were first released, the Raiders were the favorites. Uh, but now that has that has changed. It's the Washington Redskins who are now slight favorites over the Raiders, um, according to these latest odds that were released. Uh, which, in my opinion, is is a good thing. I personally am a big fan of the show, and I would love to see the Raiders at some point on it, but I just think that if they are one of the teams that are eligible next year, I think it would make much more sense. Um, I'm not sure if the if if it's HBO that has all the authority to make the decision or if the NFL also has some input, but I'm I'm sure the NFL would prefer to have the Raiders on the show in 2020 as they are moving into uh, Las Vegas so they can really show off the new stadium and, and get fans excited about the idea of football in Las Vegas. Um, I would expect a decision from HBO any day now. I saw something online that um, I think it was I think it was Michael Gelkin or, or Matt, uh, Matt Schneidman, one of the beat writers, uh, put out a tweet saying that last year they announced the team on on May seventeenth. So, um, yeah, any day now you should expect a decision from HBO. Headline number two. Speaking of Las Vegas, uh, chief op- chief operating officer of the Las Vegas Stadium, uh, Don Webb, he said that construction the work is forty four percent complete. Um, 
with opening day now just 14 months away. Um, so that that's good. It seems like things are on track for the new stadium. And if you haven't, you know, a little side note, if you haven't checked out the little uh, mini-series that is on Raiders.com, it's called From the Ground Up. You should really check that out. It's a really interesting kind of a behind-the-scenes look at, um, you know, at the construction of, of the stadium. Um, they have interviews with, you know, all the different different types of crewmen that are involved. Um, it, it's really good. It's really well done. And I think they just posted, I, in fact, I just, I just saw that they had posted the fifth episode, so I'm actually going to check that out for myself uh, when I'm all done recording here. Headline number three, um, Gil Brandt, who is known as the godfather of scouting, um, you know, very well-respected um, guy among the, uh, in the NFL, uh, said that this week uh, he put out an article for NFL.com. He said that the Raiders and the Browns are the two teams that help themselves the most this offseason. Um, in his article, he talked about you know some of the things that he liked about the Raiders. Um, he really was uh, high on the additions on defense. Um, he, he thinks, and this is his words, the defense got a serious boost with the addition of Cleveland Farrell, Jonathan Abrams, and Tavon Mullen through the draft. And he, he also really likes the additions of uh, LaMarcus Joyner and, and Nevin Lawson in the secondary. He did he did make some comments that he thinks the front seven is still, you know, kind of a work in progress, which is, which is true. Um, but he believes that... Um, veterans uh, Brandon Marshall and, and Vontez Perfect should help um, help in that area. The one thing that I was a little bit surprised from him is that he was not he didn't love the moves on offense as much as as most people do because when you when you when you hear from most people they're talking all about the, the upgrades in offense and how they think the offense is much further along than the defense but he kind of had a different take on it. Um, he actually said, he called uh, Antonio Brown, he said, and this was his words again, A.B. has boom or bust written all over him. Um, so that that's interesting. I, I really don't see any way that, um, you know, Brown doesn't continue to do what he's done, you know, in the you know earlier parts of his career. Um, Carr's more than capable of getting him the ball, and, and Gruden's more than creative enough to you know, find ways to, to get him open. Um, he also said it was, it's fair to question, you know, um, paying Trent Brown all that money, which, you know, I guess many people are, are, are critical of, but, uh, anyhow, he, overall, he does think the Raiders have, have greatly improved themselves. And, you know, it's nice to get some, some positive recognition for a change because, you know, it's just, been, it's been a long time since, uh, the Raiders have, uh, you know, had some, had some, positive feedback that does it for this week's headlines up next is my interview with eastern michigan's defensive line coach ben needham hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
On the line with me is Eastern Michigan defensive coach, defensive line coach, and assistant coach uh, Ben Nedman. Uh, coach, thanks for sharing some of your time with me tonight. How are you doing? Doing great. We are uh, out recruiting on the road, trying to find the next Max Crosby. So <laughs> happy to uh, happy to be talking about him. Very good. Uh, now, obviously, I'm having you on the the podcast tonight because. Um, I want to discuss one of your former players, Max Crosby, who the Raiders selected uh, in the fourth round of this year's draft. But before I do that, I would like to, um, if you don't mind, share a little bit about yourself and and your playing days and and how you broke into coaching and and kind of your rise to where you are today with Eastern Michigan. Yeah, sure. I was uh, a very average high school football player but loved the game. I was an offensive lineman and then – played D3 ball for a couple years at DePaul University, had a chance to uh, start my coaching career as an intern at Ohio State, so transferred and finished my last two years at Ohio State, and then uh, bounced around some lower levels of college football, uh, as as you do starting out, so coached at Wabash for a year, and then Drake for two years, uh, and then came back to Ohio State to be a GA, Uh, went to Arkansas from Ohio State. Uh, for just a year, and then from Arkansas, I was at Kent State, you know, also in the MAC conference for five years under Paul Haynes, uh, and then over to Eastern Michigan here. Um, so, as as coaching journeys tend to be, it's been a winding road, but have uh, been fortunate to stay in the profession and learned a lot at each stop. So, this past season at Eastern Michigan, that was your first season there. That's right. Yeah, I was hired in uh, February of 2018. Yep. Okay, very good. Now, uh, now we'll get into some more specific questions about Max. Um, you know, after the Raiders, um, after the draft was complete, the Raiders general manager Mike Mayock really emphasized that throughout the process. Um, he and head coach Gruden were really looking for high-character guys who, who just love the game of football. What can you tell us about Max Crosby from a character standpoint and you know, as a teammate, the type of guy he is in the locker room? Well, yeah, Max was universally loved and respected on our team. And uh, our team is uh, diverse, not just in the way that all football teams are, but really from all over the world. I mean, we have players from Finland and uh, Denmark and Germany and Canada and all over the country, California, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Utah. I mean, every every corner of the country uh, we have guys, and Max was universally loved in that locker room, uh, not just because he was a good player, uh, but really made an effort to connect with guys and include guys. And, you know, it would be easy for him to take the big man on campus approach uh, and never did. I mean, he was he was always looking for ways to include and interact with uh, teammates, and that certainly endeared him to them. Now, um, you know, I think most Raider fans um, – aren't familiar with, with the Mac conference and, and may not have been that familiar with Max Crosby playing at a, you know, a smaller division one program, I guess you could say, but he's, he's been really advertised as a, you know, your kind of stereotypical high motor, you know, try hard as they say, sometimes you know, relentless in pursuit kind of guy. Is there more to his game than just playing with a, you know, with a high motor? Yeah. I mean, that's certainly one of his strengths that, uh, Max gives great, great effort. Uh, but, you know, I, I was fortunate to go, to go to the Combine and watch Max work alongside, you know, what a lot of people have said was an outstanding 
class of defensive ends. It certainly looked that way. And you go look at the numbers in there, and he's right in the mix with all those and in the top of some of the categories. And he, he doesn't look a whole lot different than your guys' first-round draft pick, you know. Um, he, and he's added some weight, and he's going to have to add a little bit more weight. But Max is, a, you know, is more than just a high-effort guy. He's excellent length, uses his body well, has come a long way in using his hands, uh, and then is very disruptive around the football, even – some of the stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet in terms of sacks and TFLs and tackles. Uh, he just gets his hand on the football a lot, which is uh, obviously a big deal for a defensive player. Yeah, it's kind of funny that uh, you, you mentioned the combine because prior to this interview when I was doing some, some homework on it, uh, I went back and looked at, at the combine numbers, and he ranked among the top 10 in almost every category. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't perform on the bench press, but in every other category, he, he was right up there, top 10. In fact, he, he was um, ahead of guys like Joey Bosa, who you know, was the number two pick overall. He, he was definitely, right. when it comes to the measurables, he's definitely, um, you know, he's got that all going on for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Eastern Michigan assistant coach and defensive line coach uh, Ben Nedham on the line discussing Raiders fourth-round draft pick Max Crosby with us. Um, one of the areas... Um, and you mentioned it already. One of the areas of concern that um, the Raiders have with Max uh, that they've mentioned is with his strength. You know, they, they've mentioned they would like him to add some bulk and some strength to that frame. Um, and this this is kind of a two-part question. Do you see that as being an issue for Max? And in addition to that issue, is there anything else? Is there any other aspect of his game that you feel he needs to develop in order to be to have a long successful career in the NFL? Yeah, you know, Max um, certainly, you know, is going to have to get stronger, I think, to play at that level. But I, I, I think one of the reasons that uh, that was not a detriment to him at, at our place is he's just so slippery. I mean, he just has a knack for, you know, ducking and diving and slipping, and he's just very fluid and flexible that uh, – you know, when we needed him to post up a block, he could. But a lot of times that wasn't something he had to do. And uh, my expectation is that at, at the next level, there's going to be fewer times where he can kind of manipulate his body in such a way, uh, you know, to kind of be around blocks. He's going to have to post some up. Um, and I, I know he's working like crazy on that. Um, you know, and then I think in addition is it's not just the strength, but just the bulk. And he put on – uh, about 15 pounds from the time his, uh, his junior season ended until the combine. And I know they're asking him to put on some more weight. And so that's almost just a durability thing, you know, more than raw strength. Um, you know, it's just the rigors of playing 16 games instead of 12 or 13, plus the preseason, plus hopefully playoffs and, and all the rest is he's going to have to add some bulk. Um, but I, I fully expect that he'll, be a productive player and get the hang of it quickly. And I'd be surprised if there was anybody that loved the game more than he does um, playing there in Oakland. So I'm, I'm excited for him. Wow. That's, that's good to hear. Um, one of the things that draft analysts like to do nowadays is to provide each prospect that, you know, that enters the draft with a, with a player comparison. Is there anyone out there past or present that you feel is a good comp for Max Crosby? Boy, I'm not uh, I'm probably not a great 
person to ask on that because when you're you know coaching a team, you just get so focused on on your guys. Uh, I can say that in you know my 13 years coaching college football, I've not had one like Max, and I was around Cameron Hayward, you know, who's with the Steelers now when I was at Ohio State, and John Simon, uh, you know, who's played for several NFL teams, and Max is unlike those two guys just in terms of style and, and body composition and all those things. So uh, I'm not trying to cop out of the question, but I'm not sure I could give you a good comparison on them. No, no, that was actually a very good answer because I was one of the questions I was considering was, you know, is he one of the best players that you've ever coached? And you, you kind of answered that question. So, no, I, I like your answer to that question. Do, do you think that his, his, his skill set, I guess, his, his game, does it translate to the NFL very well, you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I think so, especially as much as the, you know, the NFL has become a, a passing league, um, and pass rushing is certainly Max's forte and his and his passion. Uh, and so I think he's going to be, uh, if not right away, he's going to become a very productive pass rusher uh, at that level. And you know, then you see the the other uh, defensive end from our league that got drafted, Sutton Smith. Right, uh, right. Who was a dynamite player in the MAC as well? A little, little smaller you know, guy, a little bit smaller had of a even guy. More production than Max, and yeah, you know, some of the feedback we got is, boy, they're both outstanding players, but just in terms of being a, you know, defensive end in the NFL, Max's, you know, kind of body and style probably translates a little bit closer to what you know traditional defenses look for in the NFL. Um, and that's not to take anything away from Sutton. You know, I, he's a dynamite player as well. But I, I do think Max's, you know, body type and measurables um, give him a shot to be a good player at that level. Yeah, I, I'm probably a little bit more familiar uh, with the MAC conference than most Raider fans. I'm actually based in Buffalo, New York. I'm, I'm about ten minutes from the oh, uni- okay. yeah, about ten minutes from the University of Buffalo's football stadium. So I'm very, uh, I wouldn't say very well versed, but I'm, I'm familiar with a lot of the teams in the conference. So um, sure. The final question I have for you is: um, I'm just curious if you have any um, any good stories that you'd like to share with us about Max that might, you know, again shed some more light on exactly the type of player that the Raiders are getting with with Max Crosby. Oh, how much time do you have? <laughs> I've got plenty of time. It's up to you, Coach. No, I'll uh, I'll just share a couple. One was I I got here, like I said, in February after Max had a very good sophomore year. And one of the things you, you know, you consider as a coach is a new guy and he's had success with the old guy. And is there going to be some pushback on, well, that's not how coach Bullet did it. And that's not how we did it before. And you know what I mean? So I was intentional about heading that off and sat down with Max and said, I'm excited to get to work with you, man. But I just want you to know that. And before I could even get into my pre-rehearsed spiel, he cuts me off and says, coach, all I want to do is get better. And so whatever you need me to do, whatever I need to change, whatever I, I'm, I'm here to get better. Um, and I was kind of taken aback. You know, I was ready to, <laughs> to kind of lean into this thing. And that really impressed me. I, I don't know that I've had a player do that before when I took over a new, new job. Uh, and then the second one is uh, we had two games in November, which was crunch time for us trying to get bull eligible. And, uh, both games where we were playing well on defense and, uh, you know, but it's still a tight game. We were in a defensive battle and playing good defense. And so was the other team. 
And in both games, Central Michigan and Akron, I mean, Max made game-changing plays that were not in the scouting report. Central decides to go for it on a fourth and one and lines up in a goofy formation and unbalanced and about eight guys on one side of the ball. And if you watch the film, we're kind of, you know, running around like chickens with our heads cut off. We can't get lined up. They snap it, and on the headsets, we're going, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. And Max beats, you know, he swims under a guy and beats the puller and dives and makes a five-yard TFL. Um, and then Akron, similar situation, they're backed up, and they try and throw a quick bubble pass, and Max beats the cut block, one-hands the pass, and we didn't know what happened. I mean, we had to watch the replay to see that he, he walked it in for a touchdown. So he just has a knack for in really, really critical situations uh, that's when he's at his best. And I think that's what, you know, that's what great players do is they're not just good on game one, snap one, but they're, they're good when you really, really need it. So I'm, uh, I'm excited for him and hope that he translates that to the next level. Wow. Very good. I, I, a lot of good insight there, Coach. I, I appreciate that. Um, that. That's all I have for you tonight, Coach. I want to thank you for being a guest on the podcast tonight. Um, again, I really pr- appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're out there recruiting, like you said, um, you know, to give us some some insight into Max Crosby. Um, I wish you great luck next season, and I you definitely got a new fan in, in, in myself, even though I am a Buffalo guy. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll be following you throughout your career, and uh, you know, keep up the good work, Coach. Appreciate it, Evan. Just win, baby. That's right. Thank you very much, Coach. Have a good night. All right. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank Coach Ben Needham for joining me on the podcast. And I think it's fair to say that many Raiders fans didn't know who Max Crosby was when he was first drafted. And I think it's safe to say that after the interview, you've got to be feeling really good about that pick. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Just Pod Baby. I want to thank you all for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Once again, you can now find Just Pod Baby as a part of the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. Please continue to leave ratings and reviews on iTunes. I appreciate the feedback. I hope everyone has a good week, and go Raiders!